0: Hello, good evening. Welcome to a Tuesday night episode of Brett's old time Radio Show. I'm proper recording this last minute because uh, I've got the roof being done on the house. Clive's been very busy working on the roof and Vicky's dad, Eddie, has been round as well. So the three of us have been, well, we've been beavering away on the roof of the house. I've annoyed them all a little bit because I've been busy singing Robson and Duro or should I say the drifters, up on the roof. Up. Uh, on the roof which i've enjoyed but nobody else has really appreciated it so look we won't worry about it we're just gonna crack on i've got to do this super fast because it is literally minutes before five o'clock so i've got to get it recorded welcome to another episode of brett's old time radio show welcome to my home here in beautiful lime bay in the process of having the roof done Thank you for joining me once again for our regular late night visit to those dusty studio archives of old time radio shows right here at my home on the south coast of the United Kingdom. It's been raining today on and off and I panicked because yesterday we took a lot of tiles off of the roof and Clive managed to lay an, quite a lot of the, what do you call it, the roof had felt. It's not felt anymore is it but you know what I mean. So we managed to get that on there and it was pretty much watertight and luckily I think we got away with it because I woke up in the night and it was raining and we've had rain off and on again today, but touch wood, I think we're going to be okay. I'm Brett, I'm your host for our Nighttime Podcast. Welcome to another episode. I've got Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. They're all called Brett's Autumn Radio Show. So if you get a minute, what are you doing? Lona's found a ball in the garden, so she's now running around the studio with her little ball. So if you could hear it, then I apologize. Time now for our latest adventure with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. This one was first broadcast on the 16th of November 1946. It's called The Adventure of the Genuine Ooh Quernarius Guanerus Guanarius
1: Cremel hair tonic and cremel shampoo present the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starring Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson and Tom Conway as Sherlock Holmes. Now, once again, it's time for our weekly visit to Dr. Watson, genial friend and colleague of the great Sherlock Holmes. Good evening, Dr. Watson. I trust I'm not intruding. Not at all, my dear fellow, not at all. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. You know, Dr. Watson, I've been struck by the remarkably large number of signed photographs of titled personages and notables that ornament the walls of your study. Mementos of your active career, I presume. Yes,
2: although I, I must admit most of them are clients of Sherlock Holmes rather than grateful patients of mine.
1: <laughs> well, now, this picture, for instance. Naturally, I recognize the photograph of the late Royal... Ah,
2: no names, Mr. Bell, I beg you. Holmes and I always refer to the gentleman in question merely as Mr. Edwards.
1: And what did you and Mr. Holmes do to cause his royal, uh, die, I beg your pardon, Mr. Edwards, to inscribe his photograph in such affectionate dress. Nothing jewelry. of any
2: great importance, I assure you. Merely that Mr. Edwards had become a trifle entangled, shall we say, with a little dancer at Maxim's in Paris. A young lady rejoicing in the appellation of frou-frou. <laughs> Quite a delightful little bit of fluff, too.
1: I I gather that Sherlock Holmes settled the matter to Mr. Edwards' complete satisfaction... Very
2: easily and very discreetly. But it led us into one of the most curious and singular affairs of Sherlock Holmes' career. And one which I don't believe would ever have been solved had Holmes not been a distinguished amateur on the violin. I call it the
1: adventure
2: of the genuine Guanerius.
1: Sounds intriguing, Dr. Watson. But if you don't mind a momentary interruption... Not at all, Mr. Bell. Go ahead. Men there's a famous saying about locking the barn door after the horse has been stolen. Well, the same applies to the hair. Once bald, bald forever, they tell us. But you can make the most of the hair you've got. And you can't begin too early. That's why I want to tell you about Cremel hair tonic. Cremel contains very special hair grooming ingredients found in no other hair tonic. Cremel makes hair stay better groomed longer with that natural, greatly desired he-man look. Never greasy, never sticky. But Kreml does lots more than just keep hair looking handsome. A massage with Kreml actually helps stimulate circulation in the surface of the scalp. Your scalp always feels so alive, so invigorated after applying Kreml. This highly specialized hair tonic also has an excellent lubricating effect on a dry scalp. It makes dry, brittle hair that breaks and falls feel softer and more pliable. So men buy a bottle of cremel hair tonic at any drug counter. You'll be delighted with its extra advantages. K-R-E-M-L, cremel hair tonic. Now, Dr. Watson, how about the adventure of the genuine Guanerius?
2: Well, the British ambassador to France, Sir Hubert Ashley, had invited Holmes and myself to a reception at the embassy in Paris in order to thank us both for successfully concluding the rather delicate affair of uh, Mr. Edwards. The ballroom was a blaze of light the guests were dancing. By Jove, Holmes. Have you ever seen anyone more attractive than our host's wife? I must say that Lady Ashley is really
3: the finest type of English beauty. Sometimes, Watson, I envy the directness of your mind. What do you mean? When you look at a beautiful woman, you see only beauty. Oh, what on earth would you expect me to see? In the case of Lady Ashley, my dear fellow, I notice her elderly husband, her many gallant admirers, and I think... What a motive for
4: murder. Oh, really, Holmes? Ah, Mr. Holmes, I trust
5: our guest of honor is enjoying himself.
3: Very much indeed, Lady Ashley.
5: Uh, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, may I introduce a very dear friend, Monsieur Jacques Merivaux, who has known me more years than I care to remember. Ah, how do you do? Yes, I, I think I can claim to be Lady Ashley's most devoted cavalier having first made her acquaintance when she was just over two hours old. <laughs> she wept bitterly the moment she saw yes, me. but I've been trying to make up to him for it ever since.
3: During the time we're in Paris, Monsieur Marigold, I've been promising myself the pleasure of a visit to your famous music shop. I should be honored, Monsieur Holmes. I've heard, of course, that you play the violin. Merely as the very amateur. Incidentally, I'm looking forward eagerly to hearing Monsieur Drinko play this evening, Lady Ashley. I was unfortunately out of London during the only recital he gave this season.
4: He's
2: a great artist. Yes, he comes from one of those little countries down the right-hand corner of the map, doesn't he? I've always heard the fellow's a bit of a bounder.
3: You have an opportunity to judge at once, Watson. Our host is approaching with a gentleman in question in tow. Ah, Holmes, there you are. Monsieur Drenko's been asking to meet you. Monsieur Drenko, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson.
2: How, How do you, you know,
5: Hubert. You, but... If you'll excuse me, I must see to our other guests. Until later,
6: Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. Oh, yes, yes, indeed, of course. Uh, Dr. Watson
3: and I are looking forward to hearing you play, Mr. Drinkle.
6: I always enjoy an appreciative audience. Uh, tell me, Mr. Holmes, might I speak to you alone for a moment?
3: Come along, Marivo. You promised me your opinion on that 83 champagne. No, it's a sound business, but... Well, Mr. Drinkle? I said alone,
6: Mr. Holmes.
3: I have no secrets from Dr. Watson. Very anyway, well then.
6: It so happens that I find myself in a slight uh, predicament. I thought that with all your experience, you might advise me
3: as a social favor, Mister Drenko. Gladly, if, of course, you would like to come to tea at my hotel tomorrow and bring your violin to entertain my guests. I beg your pardon.
6: Oh. <laughs> I understand, Mr. Holmes. We professionals must each respect the other's métier in not? It would be preferable. Yes, so I told
2: you what sort of fellow you were.
6: Nevertheless, Mr. Holmes, I still ask for your advice, and I will expect to pay the customer fee. You see, I find myself a trifle involved. Only a harmless flirtation, of course, but I did write one or two indiscreet letters to one of the girls at Maxim's, and... Now, the greedy little thing threatens blackmail.
3: Hardly an unusual situation, Mr. Drenko. For
6: myself, for my reputation, I do not care, you understand. An artist is an artist. But uh, there is my wife at home. I must think of her, naturally.
2: You're of her a trifle late, aren't you, Oman? So you
6: can see that there might be unpleasant results if
3: Fufu were too... Fufu of Maxim's? You know her. Uh, we're not uh, unacquainted with the young person, eh, Holmes? Uh, from my rather brief acquaintance with her... I think the matter may be settled rather simply.
6: Ah, well, I shall be happy if you will handle the affair.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Monsieur Drenko, whom we are all very happy to welcome here this evening, will now give us the pleasure of his incomparable
3: music.
4: <laughs>
7: Gentlemen, Mademoiselle
2: Bovary's dressing room right here. <laughs> oh, Papa! <laughs> I say Holmes, did you notice that girl we just passed? The one wearing just those little little finger jigs.
3: <laughs> right. I also notice, Watson, that backstage at Maxim seems to be one place where you not only see but also observe very closely.
4: Oh, hello,
2: hello, Monsieur Holmes. Good evening. I have not expected to see you in that cute little Doctor Watson again so soon. But perhaps this time it is pleasure, huh? Not business? Oh, I am afraid not, Mademoiselle.
3: Uh, Mademoiselle it was only because I thought the gentleman we have agreed to refer to as uh, Mister Edwards was at least as culpable as you that I persuaded the French police not to prosecute you in that matter of his mother's jewels.
2: No, but, Monsieur Holmes, that little matter. Huh? We have settled it, have we
3: not? The charge is still pending, Mademoiselle, and at a word from me could be followed up.
5: But why should you? I
3: also happen to know that the Marsovian embassy is most curious regarding the attraction which brings Prince Danilo so frequently to Paris. That also does not concern me at the moment, assuming, of course, that you will return at once all the letters that were written to you by Monsieur Drenko, and that you cease from molesting him anymore.
2: Oh, je comprends très bien, I see well monsieur holmes since you have put it so convincingly i am rather tired of listening to a soundfully played violin Monsieur drinko may have his letters back here they are
3: thank you mademoiselle i knew you were a sensible girl good
2: night
3: and now what and now for a good night's rest and in the morning, we can report to Mr. Drinker with a satisfactory solution of what was perhaps our simplest problem. Well, I hope
2: you charge him a stiff fee, Holmes. I still say that that fellow's a bounder. Good
3: morning. I think Mr. Drinko is expecting us. Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson. What's the number of his room, please? Click, click. send a message to the police. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Mr. Maryville, what's the matter? Mr. Drinko. We, we were on our way up to see He's him. He's dead, killed himself. What? Good heavens. Come, Maryville, take us up to his room. The man's been dead for
2: more than half an hour, Holmes. Closer to an hour, sir.
3: I see. Marivaux, would you please ask that chap we passed, the one who was painting the hall, to step in here for a moment? But of course. Curious. I wonder what could have been Drenko's motive in committing suicide.
5: Here is a painter,
3: monsieur Holmes. Ah, yes. Tell me, have you been working there all morning?
7: Hmm? Oh, uh,
3: oui, monsieur, ever since eight o'clock. For over two hours, in other words.
7: And were you working constantly inside of this door? Absolutely, Monsieur. I heard this gentleman in here practicing the violin for a while, but he stopped almost an hour ago. That puts the time of
2: death earth just about what I thought, Holmes.
3: And you saw no one enter or leave this room during the entire time.
7: No one. Oh, except uh, five minutes ago, this gentleman went into the room. A few seconds later, came running out, calling for the police. Thank you. Your
3: statement has been very clear. You may go now, but better not leave the hotel. No doubt the police will want
5: to question you. Very bien, I have never had such a shock in my life, Mister Holmes. I came up to deliver a new violin that Dranko had ordered. And when I opened the floor and saw him lying there with his face all twisted up in agony... Yes,
3: the common appearance of cyanide poisoning. Not very pretty, I'll admit. You'll note the characteristic odor of bitter almonds, Watson. Yes, indeed, and here's the empty bottle. Quite. The poison label on it removes any possibility of accident.
2: Nobody could possibly have got in or out for the window. It's a sheer
5: drop of four stories to the street. Look, Mr. Holmes, this torn piece of paper. I found it here on the desk. It's a suicide note.
3: Evidently written under the stress of considerable emotion, to judge from the writing. Hmm. It is intolerable. I utterly refuse to endure it any longer. Signed, Mihai Drinkle.
5: It's his handwriting, Mr. Holmes. I swear to it.
3: Hmm. Yes. Unquestionably the perfect setting for suicide.
5: No doubt about it. Ah, well,
7: Monsieur Holmes, uh, a pleasure to meet you again, even under such uh, unfortunate circumstances. How are you, Inspector Bernard? Uh, Nice to see you again, my dear fellow. Oh, thank you. Dr. Watson and I have been carrying on for you until your arrival. Oh, thank you. And uh, may I uh, pick your brains to ask what you have learned? Uh, Maryville here discovered the body only a few minutes ago
3: when he arrived to deliver a violin Drinko had ordered. The painter you'll find out in the hall has had the room under observation all morning and will assure you that no one else entered or left it.
2: The fellow stopped practicing about an hour before. Sets the time of death pretty accurately. Here's his suicide note, Inspector. I'm afraid we're presenting you with rather an open and shut
7: case. Oh, well, Dr. Watson, a hard-working officer like myself, welcomes the absence of any mystery. And uh,
2: here's the violin that Drenko was practicing on.
3: Let me see it, Watson.
7: Odd. Very odd indeed. You mean odd uh, that Drenko should be practicing the violin until just before he killed himself? No, Inspector.
3: That fact by itself would merely be singular. But listen to the violin on which he was practicing.
7: Sounds all right to me. I confess, Monsieur Holmes, that I find no mystery in a man playing the violin just before he kills himself. Perhaps, Inspector, you may then
3: be able to explain why a world-famous violinist like Trenko should do his practicing on a violin that is most unmistakably out of tune.
7: How should I know what a man would do just before he commits suicide?
3: Suicide? This isn't suicide, Inspector. This is murder. (laughs)
1: you get bald, there's nothing you can do about it. Science tells us it's impossible to grow hair on bald heads. But you can make the most of the hair you've got. And let me tell you, there's nothing better than Cremel hair tonic to do it. In the first place, Cremel does a marvelous job of hair grooming. It keeps every lock neatly in place, yet never looks greasy or sticky. Cremel contains very special hair grooming ingredients, the like of which have never been duplicated in any other hair tonic. But Kreml does lots more than just keep hair in place. A massage with Kreml helps stimulate circulation of the blood in the surface of the scalp. Your scalp feels so clean, so alive, so invigorated. Remember, Kreml actually helps condition the hair in that it leaves it feeling so much softer and more pliable. It also has a grand lubricating effect on a dry scalp. So remember, men, make the most of the hair you've got. Use Kreml hair tonic daily. K-R-E-M-L. Kreml hair tonic. And now, Dr. Watson, what happened in that hotel room when Sherlock Holmes told Inspector Bernard that Drinkle, the violinist, had been murdered and had not committed suicide?
4: Well,
2: naturally, Inspector Bernard was rather surprised. As a matter of fact, it seemed to me...
7: He was a bit hot to hear about it. But, Monsieur Holmes, you cannot fly in the face of all the evidence we see before us. The bottle of poison, clearly labeled, the suicide note unquestionably in his own handwriting, Dr. Watson's medical evidence that the man had been dead at least an hour. And the final confirmation of the man painting in the hall, who tells us that no one entered or left this room until a few minutes ago. And against all this, Mr. Holmes, what have you to offer? A violin that is out of tune. Arzut Nevertheless, Inspector,
3: it is the crux of the entire case. But, Holmes, how can you tell what a fellow like Drenko would have done? I can assure you, Watson, that he w- would have done almost anything in the world except practice on this violin.
7: No, Inspector, this was murder. I'll stake my reputation on it. Mm, it is only your reputation, Mr. Holmes, that makes me hesitate at all.
3: Give me 24 hours in which to establish how this murder was done and who did it since it is you asking, ask it, Monsieur Holmes. Very well. Thank you. Come, Watson. We have some busy hours ahead of us. Good day, gentlemen. Oh, boy, Where, we are you? Are you? Where are we off to now in such a hurry, Holmes? The British Embassy. The Embassy? Oh, why on earth? You please? evidently failed to notice during last night's reception that Lady Ashley left us very abruptly the moment Drenko joined our party. Her manner to him verged on rudeness. And that's so unlikely to Ashley that I feel that an inquiry in that quarter may bear interesting fruit... was the purpose behind this unexpected visit in just a moment sir hubert i'd like to have lady ashley present yes, when i hubert?
5: my maid said you wanted to see why mr holmes dr watson i didn't know you were here
3: i'm afraid our visit concerns a professional matter lady ashley you see dr watson and i have just come from the room of the late monsieur drinko uh, the
4: late Monsieur drinko
5: i don't understand
3: drinko has been murdered lady ashley you... Uh, Quick, Watson, catch her. It's yes. quite all right. Nothing nothing but a faint. You'll just ring for your wife's maid, Sir Hubert. Yes, I'll get her at once.
4: I
2: must say, Holmes, you certainly broke the news rather brutally. She took it very hard.
3: Nonsense, Watson. What caused her to faint was relief. That was my object. I had to find out what her reaction would be. Here, Annette, you and Mary help Lady Ashley up to her room. Put her to bed.
1: Oh, please, just
2: keep dear. her quiet, please, and a cup of hot tea will do her no harm when she comes round.
1: Now, gentlemen, if you'll excuse me.
3: I'm sorry, Sir Hubert, but I must ask you to remain here with us for a few moments. I I don't understand. Uh, Sir Hubert, Lady Ashley's reaction to the news of Drenko's death was a good deal more pronounced than might be expected in the circumstances. I haven't the faintest idea what you're trying to insinuate. I insinuate nothing. I merely state facts. Would you prefer that I question her, or will you tell me what lies behind all this? Very well, Mr. Holmes. But I should like to spare my wife as much as possible. My only interest is in any light that she might be able to shed on the matter. Ms. Cynthia is a very young and very beautiful woman. Before we were
5: married, she had, well, how shall I put it, uh, fallen under the spell of this man Drenko. Well, I've asked her no questions, but, but I know that he continued to have some strange hold over her. I had the impression that she hated seeing him and that he was forcing
3: his presence on her on those occasions when he came as a guest in my house.
2: I still don't believe anyone killed the fellow, but if someone did, it sounds like a good riddance.
3: Unfortunately, Watson, we are not concerned with the equities of the murder, but with its solution. Thank you, Sir Hubert. You have been extremely helpful. Well, justice must be done, Mr. Holmes. But if ever I wished that your great powers might fail, it is now. I have no hesitation whatsoever in saying that I am infinitely grateful to the murder
1: of that swine (laughs) Drenko.
3: No oh, tea, thanks. I'm rather trusting to the inspiration of music to assist me in resolving some of the more puzzling features of this case. Oh, at least you can't
2: complain of a scarcity of suspects. First of all, Sir Hubert, for obvious reasons.
3: Possibly Lady Ashley. Great Scott Holmes. What's the matter? Tea too hot?
2: No, but have you thought of the possibility that Fru-Fru might have killed Drenko?
3: After all, she might have been madly in love but with him. The it, possibility had occurred to me, but I discarded it. Oh, discarded it! By Jove, look at this glass
2: here on the table—it's positively vibrating from that high note.
3: A not uncommon phenomenon, as you must know. Certain objects vibrate in harmony with certain notes. Watson, huh? Get your coat. We promised to pay a visit to Marivo's shop. I think this would be an ideal time to discharge that obligation. Dingy little place, I must say.
2: Founded 1821, eh? Looks as though they hadn't washed the windows since.
3: But full of priceless treasures... As Marlowe said, infinite riches in a little room.
2: I say, where's Marlowe? I don't like the looks of that customer over there. The one with that bushy black beard and theatrical cloak. He looks like one of those
3: bomb-throwing fellows. What you call them? Uh, nihilist. You must remember, Watson, that music appeals to oddly assorted people. Mm-hmm. Professor Moriarty, after all, knows no peer in his interpretation of certain of the Bach fumes.
5: Well, Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson,
3: or is this other gentleman with him? No,
5: no, 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 no. I am in no hurry.
3: It's no wonder the fame of your shop is worldwide, Mr. Marigold. I see you have some remarkable uh, remarkable instruments. You say
5: about you the fruits of a lifetime of devotion to the violin. <laughs> I must confess, Mr. Holmes, that it pains me every time I sell one of my treasures.
3: I can well believe it.
5: And uh, have you made any further progress to the solution of Drenko's death?
3: I feel safe in saying that my investigation has gleaned a few pertinent facts. With uh... it be indiscreet for me to ask what they are? Not at all. You yourself were present when I made the curious discovery regarding Drenko's violin being out of tune, and uh, only a short time ago, while I happened to be playing my violin, Dr. Watson made a remark which threw
5: further light on the case. Didn't you, Watson?
2: Oh, yes, yes, of course, yes. I don't know what
5: kind of a violin you possess, Mr. Holmes, but I'm sure you'll appreciate one magnificent example that I'd like you to try, a guarnerian the equal of any strad I've ever seen.
3: I'm afraid it would be far beyond the reach of my purse. But you at least owe yourself the pleasure, the great experience of playing it. Here it is. Isn't it beautiful? Exquisite. If the tone's as mellow as that varnish... Oh, I... but of
5: course. Why don't you take it into my private office and try it?
4: Hmm?
3: No one
5: will disturb you here. Thank you. I've never had the good fortune to test the guanillas. Dr. Watson... Uh, well, Monsieur Holmes is amusing himself. Uh, perhaps you'd be interested in some of these bows? Bows? Oh, yes, yes. It's yes. horse hair thing with jigs, do not they? There's more to it than that. There is only one family in all Italy, Dr. Watson, that possesses the secret of making a bow like this one. Oh, it's all very fascinating, Mr. Merlowe, but
2: Holmes must have made up his mind if he liked that fiddle by now. I know he wants to ask you some questions, and I felt that... Uh, good heavens, what...
3: He's lying on the floor. He must have fainted. Holmes! I'm afraid he's dead. Quick, Dr. Watson, go for the police. And give you a chance to plant a bottle of cyanide by my side? Oh, 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 no. Watson, stay here and listen to Maribel confess how he murdered Drenko. You're alive. No, thanks to you. I took the trouble to dissect the violin you gave me, and then played one of the others here to lure you in. He killed Drenko, but the suicide note... Elementary, my dear Watson. I would hazard a guess that it was torn from the end of a letter to Marivaux, referring to an unsatisfactory instrument, which was intolerable and which she couldn't endure any longer. At Holmes, Marivaux was nowhere near Drenko when he died. Marivaux had left a very oddly constructed violin with Drenko, presumably last night, knowing that it was Drenko's habit to practice each morning from 8 till 10. Inside the violin, in place of a sound bar, Marivaux had put a thin glass vial containing cyanogen the lethal gas which is identical in odor and effects with the cyanide. Good heavens! When Drenko reached the proper high note, the extremely thin glass vial cracked under the impact of the sympathetic vibrations, releasing the deadly fumes through the F-holes in the violin. In the violin that Maribor was delivering to Drenko when he discovered the corpse Precisely, Watson. He merely left that one by the body, planted the note, and carried off the fatal weapon and all proof of the crime in his now empty case. He made only
5: one error. He neglected to tune the violin he left. Amazing, Holmes! Listen very patiently, Monsieur Holmes, to your ingenious and utterly imaginary reconstruction. I suppose you can furnish a motive, too?
3: I'd prefer to spare Lady Ashley the audio, Maribel. But I have no doubt that it was in you she confided that Drenko had been blackmailing her on the strength of their earlier romance. But to convict a man of murder, you need something more than words. You need proof. You seem to be overlooking this dissected violin on your desk, with which you attempted to murder me. I fancy that the sample of your handiwork with the vial of gas affixed therein will offer ample
5: proof that... You'll never send me to the guillotine. I'll kill myself first. But I'm going to take Stop you... Drop that vial, Maribald. Precisely what I intend to do. Drop it and release the fumes. They will put a speedy end to all three of us. Oh, Is- give me that vial uh, if you do not want a broken arm.
7: Uh, <laughs> that's better. Good
2: heavens, it's a nihilist. I'm an inspector,
3: Bernard. As you noticed when you commented on his beard and cloak, Watson... The inspector's tastes in disguise are a trifle flamboyant.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and now, Mr. Holmes, I must extend my thanks to you on behalf of the Sûreté. Not at all, Inspector. Your
3: promptness in acting in response to my message undoubtedly saved Watson's life and mine.
7: Thank you. Oh, no, Mr. Holmes. Thank you. Oh, very well. Have it your way, Inspector. Now, Mary Wolf, come <laughs>
4: along for a... <laughs>
2: Phew, I say, it's rather too close a shave to suit me, Holmes. I say, that fellow Marivaux was very ingenious.
3: Quite. You know, Watson, I have one bitter regret concerning this case. Regret? I find that I have, despite all my protests, ended by acting for Drinker without a fee after all. Oh.
1: a moment, Dr. Watson will tell us something about next week's story. But first, girls, some of the most beautiful women in the world are powers models. And one of their outstanding characteristics is their shining bright hair. Now here's how they keep it shiny.
5: Powers models use cremel shampoo. This amazing, beautifying shampoo has been especially developed to actually glamour bathe each tiny strand of hair revealing all its natural, glossy luster.
1: My wife says cremel shampoo is wonderful for washing children's hair. How about that?
5: Yes, it would be, because there are no harsh caustics
2: or chemicals in cremel shampoo, and its luxurious active foam penetrates right to the scalp and removes all loose dandruff as well as the dirt.
1: Girls, if you could only see how Powers model's hair fairly radiates glossy highlights, I'm sure you'd want to try cremel shampoo right away.
0: Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our latest adventure with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. And don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow with Rocky Jordan going live at 5pm GMT. Don't forget, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's All-Time Radio Show. Thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every week. And I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's Old time Radio Show. And I'll let you know how the roof's coming on. Love you. Bye.